0: When I originally planned out these lessons, it was going to be, like, the lesson of, like, the law. Like, does the law matter? And then anger. But we're going to combine them today because I think it will make more sense um. So yeah, Um, so we've been going through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, We went through the Beatitudes, and then last week we went through salt and light. And so we're called to be salt and light of the world. We're called to preserve the world, and the world is decaying. But we have the one answer that leads to life, which is Jesus Christ. Um, So we're supposed to shine our light, be salt, be the flavor, preserve, and show people that are living in darkness what it's like to live in light. Um, And then today Jesus is going into what he thinks about the law. So can anyone explain what the law is like when the Bible says, the law, what does it mean?
1: First five books in
0: the Bible. First five books in the Bible. What's in the books? Like,
1: like what are they called?
0: Or no, like what's in them. You mean the Ten yeah, so like it's the Ten Commandments. Like the Ten
1: Commandments like and uh-huh. like all stuff in the stuff in Leviticus about how you're supposed to do all of the things, mm-hmm. very specific stuff. It's the law of how you're supposed to be before Jesus existed so that you could be with
0: God. Yes, yeah. So it's like the Ten Commandments, which was given to Moses to give to all the people of Israel. And then it's like all the stuff that we look in and Leviticus and all that, which is like kind of boring because there's like six over 600 laws, I think. And they're like really specific about like what they could wear, what they could eat. There was laws about like how girls can't go outside when they're on their period and no one could be near you if you're on your period. So it's all these laws that obviously we don't follow anymore because of who Jesus is. And Jesus is going to explain why... We don't follow the laws, but he is also going to explain why we should still look at those laws. Um, so go ahead and open with me to, your, to Matthew five. Um, we're going to be seventeen through twenty, and then we're going to take it into the next passage um, about anger. Um, so could anyone read for us Matthew five seventeen through twenty? Thank
1: you, Andrea. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enjoy the kingdom
0: of heaven. Awesome. So Jesus says something really powerful here. He says that he does not come to abolish the law or the prophets, but he comes to fulfill them. Um, so sometimes when we think about how we live in like the new covenant, which just means we live after Jesus, so Jesus lived a perfect life for us, and when we trust in him for our salvation, we don't have to abide by the crazy laws of the old testament and we're forgiven of our sins and we're called to a new life um but jesus says here that the law doesn't just disappear because he like fulfilled it it doesn't just disappear um he sees it as very valuable still um so christ came to fulfill the law so what are some ways that you think that christ fulfilled the law how did he do that He was sinless. He was sinless. He did all the laws. He did all the things that the Old Testament commanded people to do. Do you guys think that it's possible to abide by 600 laws about what you can eat, drink, all of that? No. No, no way. No way. So the law literally could not be fulfilled by anyone unless it was God himself. Um, so Jesus fulfilled the law simply by being perfect and abiding by all the laws because no one else could fulfill it. Um, so go ahead and turn with me to Jeremiah 31. Sometimes I get confused on why the Lord would allow, um, why he would like put laws in place that no one could, like no one could uphold. Like, why would he even do that? It seems like kind of mean. But the law has a bigger purpose behind it. It's supposed to point to the fact that we're not capable of fulfilling it on our own. And it demonstrates the holiness and the righteousness of God. Um, and. <laughs> Throughout the Old Testament, it gives us a hope that something new is coming. So Jeremiah 31, 31. I'll go ahead and read it for us. Um, So this is just pointing to what we're living in right now. Um, So this is like a prophecy of what's to come. Um, Jeremiah thirty one, thirty one. Behold the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declared the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write the write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people, and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, "Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord, and I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more pretty, pretty good stuff. I love um verse thirty four and thirty five which this is like I guess just thirty four just like a promise that This new covenant that is coming, it's all about our hearts. It's not about the outward appearance. It's not about just following the law. It's about something that the Lord is going to do in the heart of his people. He's going to write his law on their hearts. He's going to change them from the inside out. um, And he's going to forgive them for everything that they've done. um, Not because of who they are, but because of who he is. Um, so Jesus changes everything about the Old Testament. Once you see that the Old Testament is all about Jesus, that it's all pointing to him, it changes the way that you read it. Um, and he's bringing in this new wonderful covenant. And the cool thing about the Sermon on the Mount is that the Sermon on the Mount becomes the new law, almost, where Jesus, he doesn't abolish the old law, but he um, He kind of sets the standard of what it looks like to follow him. Um, so go ahead and turn back with me to Matthew 5. Um, so based on on, I'll give you guys a second to turn back there, based on what Jesus says about the law, about the Old Testament, um, how do you guys think Jesus viewed the Old Testament? Does he see it as, like, important? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He says that he does not come to abolish it, for nothing on, like in the law, will pass away. Not an iota, not a dot. That's what my translation says. Um, Andrea's translation says a little, something different. Does anyone else's translation um, say verse 18 different? Where it says, heaven and Truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot. Does anyone else have something else? Until
2: heaven and earth pass one jot, one jot or one little shout, no lies, lies pass from the law till all be fulfilled.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so it's all a little different. And I think an iota and a dot are parts of the Hebrew language. So when they're translated into English, sometimes different translations translate them differently. Um, but an iota is like a crossing of a T in the Hebrew language. what what would it be like for us to cross a T, that's, like, what they would do. So it's just tiny little marking, and then a jot is, like, just a little, like, dot, kind of like a a comma or an apostrophe. It's, like, the tiniest parts of the Hebrew language is what, like, God is saying, what Jesus is saying here, that not a comma, not a cross of a T will ever pass away from the word of God um, because it's that perfect, it's that important, it's that precious. Um, So this doesn't mean that Jesus thinks that, like, it's not important. Rather, he's saying that the word of God is, is so important. It's not just the words that matter; it's the very letters themselves. So he has this amazing high view of Scripture, especially the Old Testament and especially the Law. Um, and he's saying, "I'm not abolishing it. In fact, I'm making it better. I'm giving a purpose to it. I'm showing you why the Law was given to you all along." He's bringing in this new, this not this new age, but just this new way of looking at the Law. Um, so he doesn't come to make the Old Testament no longer. Like important or no longer necessary for us to read, he's giving us a new purpose behind it. Um, so why do you guys think it's hard sometimes to view the Old Testament as like precious, or as important? Some like crazy stuff in the just... yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some really weird stuff happens in the Old Testament. I'm reading through Genesis
2: right now, and I'm like, I thought this was just like Adam
0: and Eve. <laughs> just... Yeah, Genesis, I. Like, yeah, like they didn't make good decisions, yeah. and they did really awful things. It's I like, why is this in the Bible?
1: Over and over and over. And yeah. Over. Tried this already. It yeah,
0: in fact, like when you look at the Old Testament as a whole and all the characters that are in it, most of them make terrible, awful decisions, but God still is faithful.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, I feel like sometimes, like you feel like it almost like doesn't apply to you anymore mm. in a way because, it's like, well, that's the old covenant. Like the new, only like the new covenant.
0: Yeah.
2: We follow the New Covenant, so why should we go back and read all this other and study all this other stuff that quote unquote like doesn't hmm. fit? That's yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the
1: old testament is stories. Yeah. The New Testament is a lot of letters. Yeah. So like there's nobody being swallowed up by the earth that has opened up, or there's nobody like dragging their kid to the top of the mountain mm. to <laughs> strap them to it all like there like, are yeah. things that don't conceivably happen usually right now. Right mm. and there's that's not a totally true statement because there's parallels to all those things that happen in our earth today and all that good stuff, but it, it's easy to just kind of toss in, well, I'm not murdering kids. I'm not worshiping a God that huh. means I sacrifice my kids. I'm yeah. not, you know, like, like Julie said, you feel very removed from it sometimes hmm. if you're not looking at it with the whole picture in mind.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So why then is the Old Testament important? Like, why should we read it? Because it's
2: about Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. And it's cool. We get to read it in such a different lens than the people even this time got to, like, to read it. or we know Jesus. We know who he is. We know his teaching. We know how like, we're saved by him. And so we get to go back and read his story of redemption. Um, Even the boring parts like Leviticus. I don't know if you guys have ever read Leviticus, but (laughs) it's like, so it's like, what? Why? Why am I reading this? But even that points to the fact that something so much greater is coming. um, And that person is Jesus. Um, so yeah, sometimes it's hard to view the old Testament and even hard to view the Bible as precious. Um, one of the things that I have noticed, um, in, when I like speak to like other women and try to encourage them with scripture, they'll kind of like roll their eyes. Or sometimes I will even say like, Hey, like, I know you've heard this before, but let me tell you this scripture passage that might help. And it's like this, uh, yeah, I know I've already read that. It hasn't fixed anything. Um, but the Bible is so powerful and not like we ever want to just like, hand out verses to heal people or to encourage people all the time, but I do think that we, set, we tend to underestimate the power of Scripture and how important it is, because Jesus obviously saw Scripture as this holy, precious, wonderful thing, um, and sometimes we neglect it. Um, so kind of going off the other question, why do you guys think it's so easy to neglect the Word of God and not think of it as highly as we should?
1: Yeah. <laughs> you have to actually read it you have to actually understand it for it to be able to apply to your life. in
0: mm. way. Yeah, you have to like really dig deep sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, like there's usually other
2: easier outlets to like fix your problems, like mm-hmm. that the world tells you to do. There's just so many easier things to do. To mm-hmm. Follow God and like He has in store for you. Yeah. And, well, yeah. Sometimes you just take the easier path, and that's mm-hmm. not the right path. But
0: yeah. Yeah, but sometimes seems easier in the moment. Yeah.
1: You also have to <laughs> hmm. Like, God does things on his time, and you can't see that, hmm. right? You can't see how the things that he does in your life or in the lives of those around you are affecting you, have affected you, will affect you. Like hmm. You You can't see that whole picture yet. And if you're just, well, they're just empty words. You know, if you don't hmm. believe it, if you're not willing to wait, if you're not wait for the lord to reveal those things if he might mm. no ways. yeah and you, have to, you have to put a lot of I don't know, not blind faith but you have to trust something that you can't see someone mm. that you can't see and you yeah. have to trust that coincidences aren't coincidences and you have to you have to totally alter your perspective on life mm. and the way your heart works and the way your mind works and the way that you lead everything mm. in your life to to get it
0: right yeah, and it's so easy to slip into kind of taking the easy path. So it's like constantly disciplining yourself to like do all those things that you just said.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, so we shouldn't ignore the Old Testament. We should dig deep into the Old Testament to help us understand exactly who Jesus is. Um, but we also shouldn't ignore the Bible as a whole. Um, so don't be scared of the Old Testament. There's so many resources out there that will help you understand. Um, and remember just to look for Jesus in every single passage. That's sometimes when I'm reading through like a really... Like, like, I don't want to say boring, but boring passage in scripture. What I think is boring, I just think, okay, like, where can I find Jesus in this? Where can I find the gospel? And I just feel like that gives us a purpose sometimes when we're studying something that we feel like doesn't apply to us. Um, So let's look for a second at verse 20. Um, When I first read this, I was like, that doesn't make sense um, because the Pharisees aren't even righteous, um, at least from what we see. Um, here today looking from the outside in Uh, but Jesus says for I tell you unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the pharisees you will never enter the kingdom of heaven Um, so during this time if you were someone who was not a pharisee how would you view the pharisees and the scribes who were they The the leaders yeah yeah they're the leaders they're religious leaders They had everything together they followed all the laws perfectly at least what it looked like on the outside Um, but jesus saw something deeper about them he called them whitewashed tombs because they did all the good things they did all the prayers and they looked super religious on the outside they looked beautiful just like a white tomb would look beautiful but then on the inside they were dead they didn't know who god was they had no love in their hearts um, and they didn't accept jesus at all um, so they were dead on the inside so jesus was like you guys are just whitewashed tombs you're just having empty religion um, so why would hearing that y- your righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, why would that shock the people that are listening to Jesus right now? Why would that be a shock? These people are already at
1: the top. Yeah. They're already the best. They're already <laughs> the most perfect. You yeah. have to be better than perfect.
0: Yeah, they're like, there's no way we could do that. Like, how am I supposed to be more righteous than the Pharisees? Yeah. So in the people's eyes, those, like, the Pharisees were like the top dogs. And so they're like, there's no way that I can be even better than a Pharisee. Um, But what Jesus is saying here is that your righteousness not only has to be in your deeds, but also in your heart. So the Pharisees are missing something. Their hearts are dead um, and they have no love and they have no love for God. So Jesus is actually calling the people to something greater than the righteousness of just empty religion. He's saying, I want your heart and your deeds. The Pharisees are only giving me their deeds and it actually means nothing. And he's like, your righteousness needs to exceed that of the Pharisees because I want all of you. I want your heart your desires, and then I also want your life. Um, So God sees right through religious actions that are empty, which is such a good reminder for us, especially being in the church. I think it's so easy to slip into doing a bunch of good things and then missing our relationship with the Lord. I am so guilty of that, Um, just kind of putting on a a show. Um, But that's why Jesus gives us the example of the Pharisees, because we so easily slip back into that. Um, so Jesus wants our hearts in order to enter the kingdom of God. And this is like the mark of the new covenant. It's all about our hearts. Um, oh. <laughs> Some funny stuff's going on. Um, yeah, he wants our hearts, and so Jesus fulfills the action of the Old Testament. He fulfills all the laws, and now he's like, all right, now I just want you to see that you're incapable of living a perfect life. I want you, you to give your heart to me, look to me as your Savior, and I will transform your heart, and from your transformed heart, I will bring out the good deeds um, and the fruit of the Spirit. So, in the next few paragraphs, which we'll only cover one today, but for the next few weeks we'll go over the others, um, Jesus explains what he means by why your righteousness needs to exceed that of scribes and and Pharisees. Um, So, he starts with one of the great commandments, one of the Ten Commandments do not murder. And he kind of illustrates what he means, why it needs to, what he means, and like that he's calling us to something greater. Um, So, could I have someone read verses 21 through 26? I
1: can you read it? <laughs> you <can> read
0: it? <laughs> All right, go for it, Andrea. You can be our reader today. We're in Matthew 5, right? So uh sorry. yes, Matthew 5, 21 through 26.
1: You um, have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject will, will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, "Raka," is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, "You fool," will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and then or and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, oh my gosh, I'm not real. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Andrea. Yeah, You can take a breather. <laughs> um so the law that jesus is talking about is he's saying the law is do not murder and for most of us i would say that law is pretty easy for us to follow i don't think any of you guys have ever murdered someone and i hope you never do um (laughs) but so if we made it through our whole lives without murdering someone we could say check mark i'm going to heaven because i never murdered anyone Um, but what jesus calls us to is so much greater um so how does jesus take it a step further Yeah. He murder with
1: anger.
0: Yeah. So
1: if I'm slightly
0: mad at you because of something, mm. it's equivalent of murdering you. Yeah, yeah. So in Jesus' like in Jesus' eyes, he's like, like you could not murder someone, but you could think a bad thought about them, and in my eyes, that's just like murdering them. And so the people listening are probably like, what? <laughs> like they probably thought like I don't know. Like sometimes you go through a day and you think like maybe three bad thoughts about someone, that means that you would have murdered them like three times. Like, I'm sure the people that are listening are like, that's insane. And it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to kind of rock our worlds because it's something where it's like, I cannot attain this. I cannot do this. I've already failed. Um, And so it changes everything. Um, So the law is like the, just the statement, but there's always an intent behind the law. Um, So behind every law of the Old Testament, there's something, there's a purpose behind it. And the law of do not murder, the purpose behind it is to not be angry with your brother and your sister. Um, So what is the danger of viewing laws of the Bible as just rules to follow? Why is that dangerous? (laughs) Yeah, what's the danger of viewing the laws of the Bible as just rules to follow and not like the heart behind them? I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Well, your heart doesn't change. Mm, I can
0: follow
1: a checklist all day long. Right. That doesn't mean that my heart has changed. Mm. That doesn't mean that my mind has changed, that I'm not thinking these thoughts anymore. I could outwardly be like, Riley, Mm. you're the greatest. Riley, you're so lovely. (laughs) Riley, you're so beautiful. And inwardly be thinking all these terrible things about you, right? Yeah. And if I just look at it as a checklist, then yeah, I did it that day. Mm. But the rules that the Lord gives us are for our hearts, for our soul, for our mind, not, not really. just for what people see of us. Yeah. So if we just look at it <clears throat> as a rule,
0: you miss out. You miss out. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. That's it's hard. The... Mm-hmm.
1: But to start over every day, every hour sometimes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you have to like ask for forgiveness like every 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: nice, <you> know? <laughs> but if you start there, yeah. then 30 years down the road, the first thought in your mind will be all These awful things about Riley,
0: it's like wow, look at what she's doing. <laughs> I don't know. That's not a yeah, example. it's I'm okay. Like, no, like, no, no. It, no, it's a great example. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it is all about our hearts. Okay. And if we just follow the checklist, then we're missing out on like what God intends for us. It's just like what we were
2: talking about with the Pharisees. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they just followed the law and everyone mm-hmm. thought they were perfect, but then. God knew their true intent. God knew mm, their hearts. Yeah. So yeah. He knew that it wasn't wasn't right. So right. He knows. He knows us, and we know that he knows us. Mm. So we should be acting in the way that he would want us
0: to. Yeah. Yeah, because it can be. It can, You can fool people so so well. Like you can put on a face and like laugh and smile and like say encouraging words, but if your heart's not behind it, then God's like. Girl, I can see you. <laughs> 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 You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so <laughs> I'm sure Je- I'm sure God does not talk like that. <laughs> I'm I'm sure of it. picture of Jesus I saw that. Yeah, and like the close I think and at least in my life, the closer that I've gotten to the Lord and the more I've understood who he is, the more terrifying it is to know that he knows my heart. Where, like, a few years, years ago, I'd be like, I mean, yeah, sure, God knows what I'm doing when no one's watching, and he knows my thoughts, but, like, oh, well. But now I'm like, oh, no, God, like, really does, like, see my thoughts and my heart and my
1: – At the same time, it's terrifying, right? Because he can see every problem, but he can see every problem. Hmm. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. He knows yeah. exactly how you're feeling. He knows exactly the scripture that's going to be exactly the right hmm. thing. It's terrifying. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with you. But some days I'm just like, man, I'm so thankful mm-hmm. that the Lord knows all these things about me that I can just sit here and He knows exactly mm-hmm. where I'm gonna be in my quiet time today, and exactly the words that I need to hear, and mm-hmm. exactly the like. Yeah.
0: I, uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. That's not no, that, but that's like a good. I think that's a good balance because sometimes going to be like, oh yeah, it is so terrifying. But at the same time, he's so loving to be able to, like, sympathize with the things that maybe no one else knows about us or the things that we're struggling with that we haven't made clear to everyone. But like the Lord knows, and he's like the perfect comforter.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but isn't like all that also the character of God? Like yeah. he's this big, fearful, holy God, but he's also like quick to love, quick to forgive. Like I feel like everything about the Lord is terrifying, but amazing.
1: And how much... I don't know. We, so, in your, so, the small group on Mondays with your mom, mm-hmm. we, we just did Genesis. Well, we did Genesis.
0: Does Julia go too? No,
1: her mm. mom goes. Oh. Sorry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we were in Genesis. Oh, she- we did a bunch of the like, Old Testament books. And over and over and over... They, I don't remember what question your mom would ask, but every almost every week I'd be like, I am so thankful that I don't live in the Old Testament. I'm so thankful that <laughs> yeah, I live on this side and whatever. But I, I don't remember I was going to this,
0: but yeah, I said something and I was going to say something else. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I do, I do think that a lot too. Of like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful I'm born like right now, not back then, before Jesus. Yeah. Because it just seems, like, so hard. Oh,
1: I remember. Because how much, so with all of the laws, mm-hmm. right, you don't have to work to earn God's love. Mm-hmm. But how much harder would that be to understand when you did? Mm-hmm. Like, when you had to go to a certain place at a certain time of the month, and then take this thing, and then do this, and then you have to do this, and you have to wear this kind of clothing, and you have mm-hmm. to, you know, yeah. put it on this t- side of the table, and how much harder would it be to,
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, like how much harder would it be to understand that God is loving if everything just seems like so rigid. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, I can
1: understand why they failed so many times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But even in their failure there was grace. And I think that's like one of the things that probably draw them drew them close to the Lord is that the fact that they could offer sacrifices, they could have grace. And like yeah. there were people in the Bible that would that knew the loving kindness of the Lord. And so we can trust that God still made his love known to them. But that is really hard to think about, too. I also just got
1: us, like, 12 steps off topic, so I'm going to sit quietly. (laughs) Oh, that's okay.
0: (laughs) I don't—I never mind, Andrea. Everyone can talk and go off topic as much as you want. Um, So one of the things that Jesus wants from us is to quickly resolve conflicts. Um, So when there's anger in your heart, when there's bitterness in your heart, when there's something that happened that— like conflict happens and if you're in a relationship or like like friendship like boyfriend family husband whatever and there's always going to be conflicts because people disagree and there's always going to be conflicts no matter what um so what makes conflicts so hard to resolve most of the time or I guess some of the time what makes them hard Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're like convinced that you're in the right. And maybe you are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It can also be mixed with like your own pride. I know for me, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to apologize. Like, they should apologize first. That's the other part. Well, they should apologize first. It was their fault first. Yeah.
1: They need to start and then I'll.
0: Yeah, you start like putting like tally marks. Like they did five things wrong in this conversation. I only said two things wrong, so they have way more to apologize than I do. Yeah, yeah. What else makes conflict hard to resolve? What gets in the way? It's
1: uncomfortable.
0: Mm. Yeah, you and have to it's have, not have weird not conversations. Always
1: well received. So if there has been a conflict between you and I, or in something, and I so
0: much conflict so between. Much- you. Absolutely. We should really talk about that. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like think there's a kind of
1: conflict between you and I, and let's say it's something that, that I'm doing wrong, right? Mm-hmm. You could come to me and be like, Andrea, your life has changed. What's going on? You need to look at these things. And you could come at the right time, in the right place, with the right attitude, hmm. not humiliate me, say all the, back it up with examples, right? It could be an airtight situation. Yeah. And if I'm not ready to hear it, I'm going to say, you're attacking me, you're judging me, you're not my friend anymore, you're hmm. being mean to me, like, all of these things, right? Right. And so if someone's not ready to resolve a conflict, it doesn't matter how you go to them. Hmm. They will see it as what they want to see it as.
0: Yeah. Which is
1: really hard, because yeah. if your heart's in the right place, and you're trying to you know, fix something or solve something, and then the other person's just not ready for it, right. what do you do? Hmm. Do you try again?
0: That's where it takes like a lot of wisdom. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I think that takes a lot of prayer. So, like, if you know you're going to go confront that person or a person's in sin, um, you should pray about it for a really long time Mm. before you go to that person. Yeah. So maybe God will prepare their hearts for what you're going to
0: say. Yeah. Yeah, it's also one of those things where if like they are walking with the Lord, and if they are like, like you know, in His Word, their hearts are going to be softer. Like not all the time, but sometimes it's hard to have conflict with people that don't know the Lord because it's like there's not a whole lot of Holy Spirit going on. But even with a with a believer, it can sometimes be really challenging.
1: I think the hardest. And I think the hardest conflict is with the person who says they're a believer, mm. but their heart is not. Yeah. So they're doing the checklist that we're talking about, but they aren't outside of church, outside of you know Saturday morning group. Whatever. It doesn't reflect that. They mm. don't seek a quiet time with the Lord. They don't seek prayer with the Lord. They don't, you know. Yeah. Because you're going at it with, okay, I know that Riley, her heart is softened, she loves the Lord. I know she's gonna look at this, and i I've been praying about this, I've been, you know, I've been, whatever, all the things, and you're ready to do it, and you've done it correctly. If you're just following a checklist, mm. I'm prepared to talk to someone who's ready to listen, and you get all
0: mmm yeah yeah that's really hard, yeah and I think what you said, Tesla about just like covering it in prayer is like so powerful 'cause then you like then you know I've done everything I can, I've prayed like like I've never had before, and like my heart is in the right place, and I'm just praying that the Lord who controls hearts will like make it happen um Romans twelve eighteen has always been really encouraging to me, and it kind of goes hand in hand with this passage uh da-da-da is it oh yeah it's pretty short if at all possible as far as it depends on you live peaceably with all Um, so it has this command to live at peace with everyone to strive for unity and to try to heal conflicts when they arise but it says if at all possible as far as it depends on you live peaceably with all kind of acknowledging the fact that it's going to be impossible sometimes to live at peace with certain people but you can cover it with prayer you can seek after them as much as with like as much as you think the Lord wants you to, whatever's wise, um, you can strive with all your might to pursue peace, but sometimes it just won't happen. And it's usually because of the other side. Um, so this is like such a comfort to me because it's like, okay, as far as it depends on me, I'm going to try to live at peace with everyone and I'm going to check my own heart, but sometimes it's just not going to be possible. And there's a lot of freedom in that too. Cause it's like, okay, Lord, I trust you with this situation. Um, so Conflicts happen all the time, and Jesus wants us to do them in a way that glorifies Him. Um, so, when you guys come across conflict, how do you usually go about re- like resolving it? What does it look like for you? Good or bad? Conflict. Mhm. Do you run away? <laughs> run away from it?
2: I just don't talk a lot. <laughs> I just heard some talk.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah think about this and I'll get back to you yeah
0: yeah it like makes it's like so uncomfortable so it's like I just want to avoid it yeah yeah
1: I want to avoid it yeah but I avoided it for so long like I walked over and over, mm. and, over and over and over and over and I was like okay at some point the tools the Lord has given me allow me to say something mm. and there's always a time to be quiet there always is you not know if I But there's always a time to be quiet and just let the other person talk. Um, But when I start talking in a conflict, it's because there's a pattern. It's been a while, right? So Mm. if you are saying mean things, and it's been a couple of months, it wasn't just a bad day, it wasn't a bad week or a phase, right? It's been a while, and it's Mm. staying around. It's becoming part of you. I'm going to say something. Mm. Right? And I'm not going to... Do it here and Riley is speaking unkindly to everyone like that is ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. When I address conflict, I want to do it one-on-one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to do it quietly. I want us both well, to be joyful in like a neutral environment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be awkward. I don't want it to be like, Riley, can we get together on Saturday and have a conversation? Like, you know, mm-hmm. your dad would be like, Riley, let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't want it to be like that, I want it to be comfortable. As far as the whole setting up the situation goes, mm. I don't want to humiliate anyone. I don't want there to be other people around. I don't... Anything like that. Mm. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. And it doesn't always go well. Mm. But...
0: Yeah, but at least you tried to make it go well. At least you tried. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, okay,
1: I know that what I'm going to say is uncomfortable or it's hard or, you know, all of these things. How do I make... How do I erase all the other difficult things? I want to be in a, a good place. I want to, mm. be, you know, Wanna make sure that I've prayed about it long enough that I've softened my heart long enough that I can say it calmly. Hmm. That I can say it rationally.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: sometimes you can make a snap decision to handle conflict in the moment. Hmm.
0: Sometimes. Yeah.
1: With the right conflict, with the right people. I think other times like just like you said, you just have to cover it and cover it and cover it in prayer. Hmm.
0: And yeah. Go from there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think prayer is so important, especially for your own heart. At least my heart is so quick to, like, become bitter or, like, yeah. just more angry or just, like, think think of it in a bigger deal than maybe it actually is. And so, like, if I keep prayer at the center, it, I'm less likely to drift off into yeah. crazy land. Well,
1: and also just knowing that you are more likely to do
0: that. Yeah.
1: Right? Like, so if we put me and David in a room, <laughs> David handles things so quickly. Like, he just gets over them. He, but I, like... Think about
0: them and mm-hmm. overthink
1: about them and re overthink about them. You know, as women we we do that.
0: Mm.
1: And so knowing that we have a tendency to make things too dramatic and make it too much of a deal, you take the time in prayer, you take the time waiting, you wait for a pattern, you wait for the right time, you wait for the Lord to move your words instead of moving mm. them yourself.
0: Yeah. Which takes a lot of self control oh for goodness. sure. <laughs> um so as we look at like the pattern that jesus gives us and just like the over scripture kind of like his heart when it comes to conflict um i created two things that jesus would probably say about um resolving conflict and you probably could guess them but seek forgiveness quickly um so when you're wrong humbly acknowledge where you went wrong and ask for forgiveness um recognize what you did in the situation because most likely but both people in the situation are at fault in some way, unless you're truly an innocent, which happens often. Um, but recognize what you did in the situation and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes just asking for forgiveness softens their heart. Um, so I, before I moved back to Greenwood, when I, when I was still in school in Louisville, I worked at this children's center called Portland Promise Center. And it was just like, in this rougher side of town, and the kids would come after school, and get, like, a meal, and care, all that stuff, and so the kids sometimes, like, didn't come to the best of homes, they weren't disciplined, um, they kind of did their own thing, and there's this one boy that I just did not, I did not vibe with him, and he did not like me, and he always grinded my gears, and one day, I went, like, kind of, I just, like, yelled at him, because I was upset, um, and, I felt so guilty about it when I went home because I knew that he came from a house where all he did was get yelled at, and I did not show him any love. And that was my job was to show him love. So the next day, I went in and I sat this little seven-year-old down and I apologized to him and I said I was mean to you yesterday and I'm sorry. And he kind of like shrugged it off and he was like, Yeah, whatever, you know. Like, but I could tell like no one's ever asked him for forgiveness before. And from that day forward, he loved me like we just vibed and he was like a better kid and his heart was softened. And so in that moment I was like, oh my gosh, like just asking for forgiveness and me like (laughs) sitting down with this little seven year old, like and asking for his forgiveness, actually did something in his little heart, which is hard and, but it's like softening and the Lord is working in it somehow. Um, And so I think that there's such power in just asking the Lord to humble our hearts and ask for forgiveness when we need to ask for forgiveness. Um, So seek forgiveness quickly. And then number two is forgive quickly, even if they don't ask for your forgiveness, because sometimes people will never ask and that's okay. Um, And the one thing that I think is so important for us to remember is that we forgive quickly because God forgives quickly. Um, And first John 1, 9, it says that God is faithful and just to forgive us when we ask for forgiveness and he loves to forgive. He delights in forgiving. That's why he sent Jesus to die. And so we have a God who forgives quickly and he calls us to live like him. So therefore we're called to forgive quickly as well um but of course it's 10 times harder when they don't ask for forgiveness um so what do you guys think it looks like to ask for forgiveness when the person doesn't ask you for forgiveness like what does it look like to forgive someone who is not repentant wait what? Sorry. Sometimes I do this thing where I just like question, question, question so in saying, one.
1: What does it look like to ask for forgiveness? No. Or are you saying uh, what does it look like to give forgiveness to someone who hasn't asked you? Um,
0: I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, what does it look like to forgive someone who does not ask you for their forgiveness? Got my words all mixed up there. <laughs> what does it look like? The
1: mistake of a? Yeah. They, if you don't come to me and ask for my forgiveness, mm. I don't need to come to you and make this big thing and have it whatever. Riley, I forgive you. Mm. How genuine is that going to be?
0: Right, because I'm going to be like, I didn't ask They're for not you. not
1: genuine, right? It, it changes in the way that you love them, right? If we had a conflict and our relationship was fractured a little bit, right? If me forgiving you is going to look like smiling talking how are you what's going on and it's gonna look like my actions being different maybe if we the problem was that I was talking about you horribly and saying all these mean things right but I don't say them anymore hmm. I don't right and so sometimes forgiveness when someone hasn't asked you is just your attitude and your heart just changing quietly
0: yeah yeah which is hard to do sometimes too
1: we like to be recognized. We like to be noticed. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I think it's very nice when I think of um, that passage that everybody uses at the wedding, like "love is patient," all this kind. It yeah. says love keeps no record of wrong. Mm, yeah. So like, it's not like we should, when we're mad at someone and they don't ask for forgiveness, we should write it down and then bring it up three years from now. Oh, but this time you didn't ask for forgiveness. So like, there's this. Like. Yeah. We should, we're called to love people, and with that, we're called to forgive them. Mm. And just be there for them, even if they, because they could be going through something and not ask for forgiveness because they didn't realize what they did was wrong, because mm. they just, you know? So yeah. we're called to not keep tabs on them mm. like, all the time and be like, oh, they did this and this and this. No, yeah. we're called to love them mm. through everything.
1: And yeah. it's so hard. It's so hard with, People, mm-hmm. like, so this is one of those things. I'm like, okay, being a mom has just changed the perspective on this. I don't remember all of the things Luke has done wrong. Mm-hmm. I just don't. He gets forgiven instantly because he's learning. He gets forgiven in a moment because he's two, right? And because right after he realizes, he says sorry, mom.
0: He no. To give you a hug mm-hmm.
1: and a little kiss on the cheek, and he's like, okay, that's what we need to do. He says, I'm sorry. He he fixes it, and you're like, that's it. That's mm. all we need. Yeah. And we forget so often that we are children. The Lord looks at us as children. Mm. He forgives us instantly when we ask. He forgives us instantly when we say, Lord, I'm so sorry, or I messed up. Mm. And it's, it's gone. Like she said, we keep, it keeps no record of wrong. And we forget to do that with the people around us.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's definitely some things that are much easier to forgive than others too. Like, there's like some things the way like the person that like did it to you will never ask for forgiveness, but it's something that like has damaged you for your whole life, and so like that is gonna be a different process of forgiving than just forgiving the person that said something snarky to you and ruined your day. Um, But it's all about remembering how much we have been forgiven and how quickly we've been forgiven, and that enables us. It gives us the. Like the heart in order to forgive someone, no matter how big the sin is. Um, So yeah, I think Jesus, we've talked about this before when we went over the Beatitudes and we we talked about what it looks like to be a peacekeeper. We're following the greatest peacekeeper ever, right, who died for us in order for us to experience peace with a holy God. Um, So he crossed amazing boundaries in order to restore and reconcile and resolve the conflict that is between us and God, which is our sin. Um, so he wants us to be great peacekeepers and great, like, unifiers, because that's who he is. Um, so today, if there's someone who's on your mind, um, someone who maybe you have are, like, in a fight with, or there's a fractured relationship, or someone who did something to you that um, you just struggled to forgive them, um, I just, I beg you to do something about it, to cover it in prayer, um, to go to them, to seek what it looks like, to uh, like seek reconciliation with them and pray over that and do something about it Um, because the Lord is so deeply concerned with your heart. You can do all the right things. You can come to church. You can come to coffee and conversations. um, You can check all the, all the things off your, your list. But if your heart is bitter against someone, you're being a Pharisee. Um, so I just, there's probably someone in your mind who that, like the name that just keeps popping up. Um, so, um, I have like a little activity for us, I guess. So I want you to write down just that, that person's name. Maybe it's a friend who you have a fractured relationship with or a family member who you struggle to love or someone who has done something to hurt you and you are the one that has been hurt. Um, just write their name down and, and just take a moment to pray and then to think of what. lord would have you do in that situation obviously everything's going to be different um but yeah write down that person's name pray for them pray for you um and if you can't think of anyone like that's awesome um take time and pray for the people in this room that are battling to love those um that are hard to love um does everyone have a pen i didn't grab any
2: no, I was in like, so so like our high
1: school before that's this, I so was so 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 like, go. I forgot <laughs> you you pull oh, good. I'm good.
0: Do you have one? sure. Yeah. I feel like it's having these around and sharing them, or? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's a for you. Oh, you Yeah. Yeah.